His story in San Jose might not be over, but here's the thing. Evander Kane is a free agent. Should the New Jersey Devils consider signing him? This is going to be a very interesting and somewhat controversial Silly Season episode. Buckle up. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And the Devils still do not have a game for a couple more days at the time of the recording. So I felt as though today would be a perfect opportunity to do a silly season discussion. So for some of my newer listeners, if you're not aware of what I mean by silly season, it's basically when there's a player who's available in the free agency pool or maybe there's a player up for grabs via the trade market. I basically just do an episode dissection as to whether or not the Devils should pursue this person, if they're capable of pursuing this person, how would this player impact our organization? How would they impact our team? I did this a lot during the course of the summer. Some of my silly season predictions are like way out there and they're not really meant to be taken seriously. However, they are fun to do. They are fun to dissect. And it's basically like, I don't know if you guys watch Disney Plus or whatever the case might be, but it's sort of like a Marvel what if. Like what if the New Jersey Devils were able to pursue this player? What if the New Jersey Devils were able to trade for this player? What would happen if this player came to our organization? So like I said, some of my silly season discussion talking points uh, they're way out there they're way out in left field so like you I had a Connor McDavid episode I had a Jack Eichel like two-part episode during the course of the summer however some of my other silly season uh, discussions were a little more serious so I talked about like possibly getting a backup goaltender before Pekka Rene uh, announced his retirement I said maybe the devil should look at Rene uh, on the free agency pool or maybe uh, go after Dougie Hamilton and that silly season prediction came true so like I said the devil's don't have a game for another couple days so I felt as though maybe this is a good time to have a silly season discussion so this is going to be very interesting because this player is so controversial and he's like the Antonio Brown of the NHL and he made headlines during the month of August and basically it, it was just a whole snafu of what was going on with this player with the organization so much controversy so like I said I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this but I think you guys already know who I'm talking about I am talking about Evander Kane so it's been uh, revealed a couple days ago that Evander Kane was released to the free agency market by the San Jose Sharks but I think we all know this saga is far from done. I think there are lawsuits um, uh, up on the table. I think there's potentially some other stuff in terms of Evander Kane trying to get his guaranteed money from the Sharks organization. So like I said, lawsuits, money all on the table still. So I believe this saga is far from over in terms of what's happening with Evander Kane right now. And in fact, like I told you guys, Evander Kane is so controversial that my own mother, who's not really into hockey, got really invested in the controversy of what was surrounding him during the course of August and it got to the point where she was like hey if you need me to talk about Evander Kane on your show I'm willing to do that and she was dead serious
serious too. So like, like I said, Evander Kane made headlines during the course of the summer. He's been in all sorts of drama, all sorts of hot water. But at the same time, you know, let, let's look at him as a player and then we'll focus on him uh, as a person uh, a little later in this episode. So you're probably thinking to yourself, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why would the New Jersey Devils even consider picking up Evander Kane? Like I just told you, he is known for getting into hot water. He's known for his controversy. And like I said, his saga with the San Jose Sharks is far from done. However, you know, subtract all that. And I get that's a big thing to say, like subtract all that controversy that Evander Kane has surrounded himself with. But at the end of the day, Evander Kane is a winger who can get you a point per game. And like I said, over the past couple episodes, especially with a lot of New Jersey Devils players heading to the COVID protocol, getting injured, whatever the case might be, the Devils are, you know, looking for some sort of production that they could get because recently we lost Jesper Brat to the COVID protocol. I don't know if he's going to be available for our next game against the New York Islanders. That's still up in the air, but you guys get the point. So if we look at our line combinations right now, we got Hughes, Tatar, and Mercer on our top line. Then we have Heizer, VC, and Kulkanen on our second line. And then our bottom six is a complete mess. Like I, I get that Stunich uh, scored the last game, but still, there's only so much he could do. There's only so much that McLeod could do. Greer, Foot, Bolquist, White. So right now, we're a really, really, really thin in terms of just getting consistent uh, production from our offensive players. They're doing the best they can. Jack Hughes is doing the best he can. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I believe that the New Jersey Devils, just based on everything that's uh, surrounding their organization right now, what's surrounding the NHL in terms of COVID, maybe going after a points per game uh kind of player wouldn't hurt in the long run but at the same time it's just like this is not just any player we're talking about this is a Vander Kane and you're probably wondering is a Vander Kane still available for grabs so I did some research and apparently he is trying to look for an NHL team to latch on to he'll probably take the minimum whatever the case might be or whatever uh, offer a team is willing to give him I wouldn't be surprised if he is out of the NHL completely and just goes to like a, a professional team Canada or overseas, wherever the case might be, I'm sure he'll try to look for another opportunity elsewhere. But in terms of just trying to latch onto an NHL team, it is probable but not likely. So the thing about Evander Kane, like I said, points per game getter, known for getting a lot of uh, minutes in the penalty box. So aside from being a points getter per game, he's also a take no prisoners kind of guy. He will bring whatever aggression he has lingering on his mind onto the rink and he'll take it out on uh, the other opponents. He might take it out on his own teammates, but nonetheless, he is known for getting a lot of penalty minutes. And, um, you know, the one thing is, is like, I, I don't want to be hypocritical. So I'm going to stand by my opinion especially when talking about Gearson it's just like we don't really need that right now we need you to play the game of hockey because right now I, I don't really trust the special teams for the New Jersey Devils despite our penalty kill being you know respectable it's not really a situation that I would ha- want the New Jersey Devils to be in so uh, if I'm the general manager Tom Fitzgerald I am telling Evander Kane like look I know you're aggressive I know you like to bring that energy that assertiveness to the rank but we don't really need that we don't need you in a penalty box but then again that is way easier said than done when we're talking about Evander Kane so basically for the rest of this episode I'm going to be talking about where could he fit in with the New Jersey Devils and then I will give my overall opinion should the New Jersey Devils consider 
Raiders signing him to like a minimum deal, maybe giving him another chance. Like I said, if we're comparing him to another athlete in the world of sports, it would have to be Antonio Brown. And we all know that Antonio Brown has been making headlines for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Unfortunately, it's not for the right reasons, uh, despite him winning uh, the Super Bowl last season with Tom Brady. So uh, it just seems like Antonio Brown can uh, do himself no favors. And maybe the same could be true for Evander Kane. So we'll talk more about that later in this episode. But first, I want to tell you guys about Primal Origin Oil. So let me ask you something. Do you have a beard? Well, if you do, it needs Primal. Yes, you heard me correctly. Maybe you're the guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed just in time for playoff hockey. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet, Primal Origin Oils makes bombs, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the good old US of A. The combo kits make a great holiday gift and if you're shopping for yourself, uh, trust me, you'll be glad you did. So here's the thing. I have a beard. It's happy. It's healthy. I usually keep it groomed uh, for uh, my broadcasting purposes because I want to look somewhat professional. Uh, but my beard is happy. It is healthy. No matter if I decide to grow it, if I decide to keep some stubble, it is just happy and it's healthy and I love it. So trust me, you're going to love Primal Origin Oil. So we know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and feel and beard to the other products you've used. We promise you will feel and see the difference right away. Remember the code locked on gets you 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. Again, use the code locked on at checkout for 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. And now the second live read, and you're going to like this and you can bet on it, comes from betonline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our March to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports wagering action this season. For a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website, sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, let's get back to our Vander Kane discussion. So here's the thing. If I'm Tom Fitzgerald, and in some hypothetical sense, I am curious about maybe potentially signing a Vander Kane, here's what I would lay on the table. Look, Vander, you don't have that many options options to choose from. Uh, The NHL has pretty much given up on you. There's really no other team that's going to be willing to give you a chance. However, like I said, this is just a hypothetical circumstance. I am just going based off of what I just saw in terms of just maybe the Devils should maybe be curious about signing Evander Kane. Like I said, I just found an article lingering on the internet and I decided to do a silly season discussion about it. Like I told you guys, it's silly season and that I can't reiterate that enough. So once again, I'm Tom Fitzgerald and I'm just laying down the law to Evander Kane, which is you have a history of being a hothead. You have a history of being controversial. Right now, uh, this Devils organization, we need some scoring. We need some points production. And you could be that guy. However, you really need to set yourself straight. So no more doing what you do off the rink. And trust me, we will talk about that in the third segment because that is my number one concern. Because like I said, this man, I I can't reiterate this enough. I sound like a broken record when I say this, but he is very controversial. And it would definitely be a very... 
uh, let's just say, an interesting signing from the New Jersey Devils organization. This isn't like a Taylor Hall situation where, you know, maybe he had a few incidents off the rank that might have just rubbed some teams the wrong way. No, 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 no. This is a complete and utter different circumstance that must be handled with kid gloves. So, uh, like I said, you can't really change anyone unless they're willing to change. So, the thing about Evander Kane is that he needs to acknowledge that he doesn't really have that many options to choose from. The NHL, like I said, has pretty much given up on him. He's going to have to sell for a minimum deal. But, you know, at the same time, I'm sure he has some talent to contribute to the Devils organization. But the thing about the Devils is that I do not want to disrupt their top six. I would put Evander Kane on the bottom six, maybe the fourth line, and have him work his way up. Because I am not willing to put him on the same line as Jack Hughes or Nico Heizer. We do not need that because I do not want to disrupt the overall flow that Jesper Bratt and Jack Hughes have developed with one another. And also Nico Heizer is starting to come into fruition as being a very great leader for this organization. So I think putting Evander Kane in the top six and pairing him with either Jack Hughes or Nico Heizer really doesn't make any sense. Despite like if we were to sign Evander Kane tomorrow and he was to suit up against the Islanders in a hypothetical Centenaire, like I said, just silly season, can't reiterate this enough. But, um, you know, would that make sense to put him, you know, next to Jack Hughes or Nico Heizer? Because theoretically, he would be replacing Tatar or Mercer on the top line or VC and Kulkanen on the second line. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Evander Kane is better than all four of those players. However, like I said, is that what we really need? And that, that overall production, it just doesn't outweigh what he could potentially do. And, you know, if he's disrupting the overall flow of our offense uh, for Jack Hughes and Nico Heizer, that doesn't really make any sense. So I think the best case scenario is to sign him for the minimum and put him on our bottom six. So that way we could get some contribution from, you know, our below average offensive pieces. But at the same time, where would he best fit in? And I think he would fit in with a Miles Wood sort of um, situation, as in he plays on the energy line. His job is to provide the spark. It's to provide the energy. But his offense is there. Because last season, Miles Wood actually had a very good offensive year. But at the same time, he was playing on the bottom six. Yet at the same time, uh, Miles Wood was one of our alternate captains last season. So you know that the uh, leadership was not lost for Miles Wood. So Evander Kane could kind of fill that role because we don't know when Miles Wood is going to return. And at the same time, you know, we could put him with McLeod or Bastion because Bastion and McLeod are also known for getting a lot of hits. They're known for asserting themselves and they're, they're known for providing that spark. So Evander Kane could do that and he could probably do Miles um, Wood's role a lot better if, if, from a statistical standpoint. Just because, like I told you guys, I've read you his stats. I've read you what he's uh, capable of doing. However, the thing is, Evander Kane has a history of not being a team player. What I mean by that is just like, look at his plus minus while he was playing for the uh, while he was playing for the Buffalo Sabres they're not good and you know he has that history of just like I said not being a team player so can you convince him to play as a unit and not just for himself and that's the biggest x factor in terms of just his overall playing style that I have because like I said he has that history in Buffalo of just not being a team player so when we're looking at his plus minus production it, he had his career worse um, in, in in plus minus during his three seasons with Buffalo and it's not even close so uh his first season with buffalo 2015 2016 he had a plus minus of negative 14 then the very next year he had a plus minus of negative 17 and then uh the following year a plus minus of negative 14 you can argue and say that the buffalo sabers aren't that good but at the same time you know um it, it's pretty clear that he is not a team player 
and his plus minus for his career is negative 67 so you know that his teammates like they just don't click with him so that's my overall concern can he play with a unit can he play with a team and this this is where I have my concern just because the Devils have been struggling with that during the course of the season because it just looks like the sometimes the Devils when they have some of their worst losses of the season they're not playing as a unit they're not playing as a team and they're not even playing individually all that well so my thing is, is like, um, can he play individually well and still be good for the sake of the team? That That's where I have my doubts in terms of his overall production. But like I said, while he was with San Jose, he actually put up pretty you know respectable numbers. Like I said, point per game getter, but uh, the, the plus minus is a bit of a concern. And also the penalty minutes are my biggest concern as well. So um, can, can he just sacrifice a lot for the sake of this team? But like I said, Evander Kane doesn't really have that many options. So if we're thinking about it from his perspective, do you think he's willing to change enough for the sake of saving his career? Because I'm sure he wants another chance. But at the same time, this would not be just like a second chance for him. This would be like a fifth chance for him. So how many more chances are you going to get before you get it that you cannot keep doing what you're doing? You need to get help off the rink and you need to change your overall personality. You need to change your whole outlook on your career because right now it's heading in the gutter and it looks like you're not going to resurrect from it so my thing for Evander Kane is that look you're individually good sure but at the same time it's just like um, you you need to learn how to play as a unit you need to play as a team because he's had a history of just being a cancer in the locker room and my thing is like can he shapeshift that into a leadership role and whip these young guys into shape I don't really know but at the same time, it, it just seems like he's an overall cancer in the locker room. And that's going to lead into my third and final segment, which is my overall verdict. Should we sign Evander Kane? Because like I said, he's available theoretically. He still has some stuff to deal with with the San Jose Sharks organization. But at the same time, you know, when we're looking at his stats, when we're looking at his production, it's respectable. But is it respectable enough? Now, the overall point of this silly season discussion is that we're looking at Evander Kane as a player. And just as a player alone, you know, I get it. He puts up a lot of points. He could maybe assert himself on the rank. He has led the league in penalty minutes, but at the same time, especially during his time with the Buffalo Sabres, he's been shown to not really be a team player. So, um, you know, the, the reason we're having this discussion is because I saw an article on Pucks and Pitchforks, which is the writing site that I work at. And uh, one of my colleagues posted an article saying that, should we sign Evander Kane? And he said, we should steer clear from Evander Kane. And I agree with him 100%. Percent. We do not need that distraction in our locker room under any circumstance. So if I'm Tom Fitzgerald, look, I know it's um, intriguing to maybe get a point per game getter onto your roster and get that production up and through your lineup. If, if I'm Tom Fitzgerald and if I do hypothetically sign him to a minimum deal, then I am putting him on the bottom six just so he can't disrupt our overall flow on our top two lines just because, look, he knows he doesn't have that many options to choose from, and I'm sure he'll take any role he could potentially get, but then again, every player like him has a little diva in him, and speaking of diva, we already see the the overall problem with Antonio Brown, and you know, 
know, the saga between him and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, despite uh, them releasing him, it's not over. Like this battle between both of them is not finished because he's been making accusations to the coach, to the trainer, whatever the case might be. Is it true? Is it not? I don't know, but he certainly has lost the benefit of the doubt. And the same can be true for Evander Kane. Look, I get it. It's very intriguing to maybe get a guy like that onto our roster just because he can assert himself, he can get the points, and he can provide that spark for our bottom six. But at the same time, it's just like, I don't think getting him is worth it because if we're looking at all of his off the rank issues, you know, he's been accused of sexual assault, sexual harassment, trying to get someone to get an abortion, I believe, of domestic battery, violence, betting on games, crossing the border while on protocol, fake vaccination card, which by the way, do not do that. That is a federal crime. So when looking at all of that mess that Evander Kane has caused himself off the rank, we do not need that in our locker room. We do not need that distraction. Lord knows what he's done to his teammates. I've heard reports saying like, you know, he's done this, he's done that. Can't confirm any of it, but at the same time, I, I, I definitely can believe it. So when looking at Evander Kane, yes, it's intriguing. It's interesting, but at the same time, it's not someone that we need on our roster and and quite honestly, uh, if I'm Tom Fitzgerald and I do miraculously, hypothetically, uh, in some sort of universe, alternate dimension, multiverse, whatever the case might be, um, if Evander Kane does become a New Jersey Devil, the first thing I'm sending him to is therapy. He needs like intense super psychotherapy. Seriously, like he, 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 there is something wrong with him mentally and he, he needs to get the help he needs to just get his life back on order because I think hockey is the furthest thing from his mind. But at the same time, guys, it's just like we don't need that in our locker room. Like I said, it's intriguing. It's, it's interesting. But at the same time, do we really need that? Do not be that desperate for production because he's going to be nothing but trouble. He's going to be nothing but a distraction. I don't think the New Jersey Devils should be his saving grace. Um, should he get another chance? That is not in my control. I personally don't think he deserves one because he's been given so many chances and we've forgotten about it. But this controversy over the summer in terms of his gambling, in terms of what his wife brought up, I think that should be the final nail in the coffin in terms of just like what should happen with Evander Kane. Like I said, I'm not locked on Sharks, so I can't really go into full detail about the overall story. But at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, free agent, maybe maybe the devil should give him a chance, former fourth overall selection uh, in the 2009 draft. But at the same time, guys, I, I think that ship has sailed. I, I think the New Jersey Devils should pass on him. I think he would be a huge tr- distraction. I think he would cause more pain than perseverance, in my opinion. And uh, quite honestly, I think that's an opinion that a lot of people can agree on. So when looking at this overall silly season discussion, I think this is a player that we should pass on. So I'm curious to hear what you guys think about the overall Evander Kane situation. Should the New Jersey Devils should consider signing him? Uh, what do you think he could potentially bring to our organization? So the final verdict is absolutely not steer clear of him. We don't need that mess in our locker room. We don't need that mess in the NHL. We really don't need what we need from Evander Kane right now. We can find that production elsewhere. Um, you know, because like I said, if Evander Kane does sign with us, who's to say that he won't get suspended? Who's to say he won't get into trouble? Who's to say he won't cause some sort of huge controversy 
off the rank. Look, I get it. It's intriguing. It's interesting. It's compelling. But I just feel like this would be like the Antonio Brown of the NHL. So he has lost all benefit of the doubt of what he says and what he does. So that's my overall final verdict on the Antonio Brown, excuse me, the Evander Kane signing. So could we sign Antonio Brown? No, no, absolutely not. So let me know what you guys think on my Twitter page, Locked on Devils. I'm intrigued to hear what you guys have to say. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. Thanks for listening to today's silly season uh, during the season episode, because usually I do silly season during the course of the offseason. So like I said, curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils, and I will catch you guys in the next episode.